Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message from our special guest minister. Thanks for tuning in today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Um... Something really supernatural is happening right now. Um, I'm talking about a specific thing. And uh, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And this, of course, is um, they received the baptism with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. They were waiting on the date on the calendar. They were not waiting till they got in unity. They were waiting on the next Moed on God's calendar. He works by his calendar. And if you take my school, 3BI, you'll know what that calendar is. Billy Brim Bible Institute and how to watch the times by the God calendar. He does not at all go by our calendar. Not at all. It's off anyway. So uh, I knew that nothing was going to happen on on, uh, 2001, 2000, when the calendar rolled over, though the whole world was going crazy, I thought, God didn't even go by this. God's got a New Year's, and it's not January 1st. Well, why do people always hear from God on January 1st? They seek God. You can, if you seek Him on July 4th, you'll hear Him. Bless the 4th. Bless the 4th. <laughs> um, so it came the day, Jesus had walked, of course, the earth for 40 days, They count between uh, Passover and Shavuot, the next date on God's calendar. They count 50 days. Well, 40 of those days he walked in his glorified body. And then he rose and he told them to go to that upper room. They went there 10 days. We know exactly how long they were there. They were not waiting to get in one accord. God had them in one accord, but they were waiting on the next Moed. Jesus will come on a Moed. I know which one it is. See me afterwards. Uh, bless the Lord. I don't know exactly which, but anyway, he'll come on an appointed date, on an appointed date on God's calendar that has not been fulfilled yet. Some of the dates have been fulfilled, but that's another whole teaching. Um, so they were waiting in the upper room and the day came and the sound came from heaven, a mighty rushing wind, fire. Jesus had told them, You're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So they were waiting there. And then after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, that 120 people, that room couldn't hold them anymore. And they spilled out upon the streets of Jerusalem. And they went, we know where they went. They went to the southern steps of the temple. That's the only place this could have happened. Because Peter then preached and 3,000 people were born again and baptized in water. There's no other place in Jerusalem they could have been baptized in water. The only places where the mikvahs were, where the baths were, the ritual baths where they dipped, you know, before they went on the Temple Mount. So if you want to take a trip through Israel, uh, we now have with our 3BI, Billy Brim Bible Institute, we now have, uh, we took a trip with two busloads last 
one year ago in February, just before COVID. We were the last group in there before COVID. And the Lord told us, hire a top-notch film crew. We did. And we started where the Bible starts with Abraham, actually. And then we went up, and you'll see all the sites. It's really great. So you can watch Israel. You can watch the fig tree. And we talk in there. We teach all the way through this about the dates on the calendar and how to watch God's time. But when they got there on the streets, uh, just turn with me to Acts chapter 2. And I didn't give this to the girl because you're the one that prompted me to say this. Uh, and so then they, they went out into the southern steps of the temple. Uh, verse 6, Acts chapter 2 and verse 6. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak. In his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? How hear we them? Every man in our own tongue, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia. It mentions all the known world, all the, at that time that they knew. It mentions Europe, it mentions Africa, and it mentions Asia. And they all hear. And the last one, verse 11, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, 120 people got filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, There are people there from all the known world. They are Jews who have come up to Jerusalem to celebrate what we call Pentecost. They call it the Feast of Weeks. It's the date that the word was given up up on the mount. It's also the same day the Spirit came. The Word and the Spirit came on the same day. Isn't that amazing? That's how God works. That's how you know how He works. You can watch how He works. You can see by knowing these things. You know, you can get a little gold just by panning some streams. But if you want some nuggets, you're going to have to hit the mother load. You're going to have to dig in there a bit. And I can tell you this Word of God reveals marvelous things. And it reveals the time that we're living in right now. Now, uh, something's been supernatural happening. Brother Hagin pointed out to me. He said, it doesn't say they spoke in their tongues. It says they heard them. Now, there's thousands of people there. Those 120 people didn't get around to all of them and speak their languages. They heard it. So uh, God's doing some marvelous things. And uh, how many of you know who I'm talking about when I say Max? How many of you have been in on any of the phone calls? How many of you were there today? It's the most thrilling thing, isn't it? Absolutely. I'm telling you, I saw a vision. I'm not going into all that vision, but I saw it years ago. And in that vision, the Lord showed me that we had never seen the five-fold ministry gifts operate the way they were designed to operate. That we had never seen the gifts of the Spirit operate the the way they were designed to operate. But we're going to see them just before He comes. woo Glory be to God. That's why you got to go back to what I told you you got to go back to. I mean it. I'm not kidding you. Things are happening. The holy, this whole thing's supernatural, folks. It's not natural. It's not just something for you to be nice and, and, and get all your wants. It's a supernatural realm we live in. 
God is supernatural. The Holy Ghost gifts are supernatural. So anyway, Max was born in Jordan. Muslim. Very Muslim. And he, uh, he grew up hating Israel. Was in the Jordanian army. He told me the other day, he said, I used to be on that other side of the Jordan and I was, had my rifle and I was just waiting for the Israelis to make the wrong move. I was going to shoot them. So Max married a Christian woman. If I'd been her mother, she'd never have married him. But <laughs> she did a saint of God. And uh, <clears throat> she prayed for him for years. Years ago, I think it was about 25, 30 years ago, I went to preach at Mac and Lynn Hammond's church. And she was going to get him there, you know, by hook or crook. She said, a lady's going to be there and she's going to speak on the Middle East. So he came to church. He heard me. He got so mad he stomped out of there. Because I started talking about Israel and I said Israel had the right to the land. He stomped out mad. He told her. He said, you can find yourself a ride home unless you come with me now. I'm leaving this place. I'm not listening to her. So she left. Now, fast forward through the years. He's a businessman. He noticed his prayers to Allah don't get answered. His business needs help. He asks his wife to pray. Help comes. <laughs> so this goes on for a few years. And one day he's at his office and he hears an audible voice speak to him. You need me. He was in a hard place. And he called him son. He said, I knew that couldn't be Allah. He calls you slave. And, but I didn't tell anyone, but I got scared. And he said, then it happened about two weeks later. He called him by his name. And he's, he called him by his name. His name was Mohamed, not Mohamed, but Mohamed. And he called him. And then the next week, he went with his wife to church. And he came down the aisle. And he got born again. And uh, he was been mean before that. Even the dog didn't like him. <laughs> and he'd come home and that dog would skitter. He didn't like dogs anyway. But he bought one for his daughter. But that dog would run. But that day when he came home, the dog jumped up in his lap in his chair. I think a demon was gone off of him. Well, he starts having visions. And his visions have to do with things in the Middle East, political Different things, Jesus, when he's coming, Jesus starts appearing to him. And someone says to him, you need to have your uh, visions judged. And his pa he went to his pastor, and the pastor said, I can't do it. I don't know anything about the Middle East, but there's a lady that does. Her name is Billy Brim. <laughs> so he got in the car. He traveled down to Branson. I don't know, nine hours, whatever and asked me if I would judge his vision. I prayed about it, and I did. And I know that you have to judge visions. You have to judge all these things. And I, I, I grew up spiritually under Kenneth E. Hagin. There's going to be a lot of angel appearances, folks. There's going to be a lot of supernatural. And people need to know how to judge it. The Bible says in 1 John 4, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits. No spirit can say Jesus has come in the flesh. That's when the spirit's in operation. And another way is by Scripture. So uh, Max has been coming, and we've been friends, and I can't think when it was, but I'm thinking it might have been November. We're praying on the phone, 
I have prayer calls. People, 8 o'clock on Wednesday mornings, 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoons, and then Wednesdays at noon, uh, we pray and it's streamed live. And so he's on there, and suddenly he starts hearing me in Arabic. And the Lord said to him, I want you to listen to everything Billy Brim says in Arabic. I noticed the other day that's the last language it mentions here. And I'm telling you, folks, I can't even tell you everything. Don't be worried about the country. And don't be afraid. I can't tell you everything. But things are going on. And things are happening. And one of the things the Lord told to us, I mean, it's very plain, you know. He said, don't drink from the fountain of fake news. He told us to stop watching it. He said, drink from my waters. Oh, folks, if ever there's a day you need to be conscious of praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, moving in the Spirit, it's now. We had a call today. Uh, We heard from God. It's so holy. And when we write down, the Lord told me, pray. Everybody's praying on the line. Thousand people are praying. We have a cap where only a thousand can go on. We're working it where we can have more. But um, normally, now, if you're in a church service and you're going to have tongues and interpretation, you don't speak a long time. You speak a little bit, like if you're going to preach in another country. You speak a little bit, they interpret. Preachers have to learn this. They go to other countries, they preach and preach, and poor interpreter, she's over there, doesn't know what in the world. You speak a little, and they interpret or translate. Speak a little, and they translate. So that's how it's operating. There are ways to operate in a church service with the Holy Ghost so that there won't be confusion. But you have to watch how to do it. You know, you can't be out of order. But I'm telling you, you're going to see some things. You're going to see move of the Spirit. (laughs) But we know, we know, we know, we know, we know that we're hearing from God. And He'll just give a scripture. He'll just say, Jeremiah 26 something He said today. So we don't look it up right then. And when we get looked up, it's exactly what He just said. Exactly. Brother Hagen used to say, when he'd see Jesus, he saw, a lot, he saw visions. He'd say, you look like Jesus, you sound like Jesus, but you give me two scriptures. And every single time, he'll just give a scripture, move right on, and then we look up that scripture, it's exactly what he said. Hallelujah. Things are happening. We are not going to go on just like we've been going on. You talk about we need a move, it started all right, but it's going to go very, 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 very walk. It's here, but it's not here in its fullness. When it gets here in its fullness, I won't even be able to see you. And if I was you, I'd get rid of that silly smoke machine. I'm 82 years old. I just might as well tell you. In the Bible, the enemies came and stole the golden vessels. 
So the king put in brass ones and substituted brass for gold. We don't need any brass substitutions. How are you going to know when this place fills up with the glory of the Lord? You might want to throw a rock or two at me. I don't care. We're not copying after the world. We're not copying after disco music. We're talking about... You ready for me to go home? No. No. (laughs) Oh, I've gone to meddling. Bless the Lord. Now, I'm just telling you, it's going to be so you can't get all the people in here. It's going to be so that when people come in that back door, if they don't have an arm, it's going to grow on. You're going to have such a presence of God, but it takes the presence of God. And it's, it's at the doorstep. It's already coming. I could tell you story after story of things that are happening. I heard a few stories right here of the deliverances and things that you're having. And then we just give ourselves more and we give ourselves more and you give yourself more at home and you pray in tongues. So you increase praying in tongues. And then when you come to church, you've got something. And everybody comes in and falls under the power. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Go to the last page of the book. And I didn't turn them this either. When you're in a debate team or when when they teach you how to preach or teach, they say, what you want the people to remember, you tell them last. So here's what he told us. This is in the book of Revelation and verse 20. He which testifies these things saith, surely... I come quickly. And our answer is supposed to be, even so, come Lord Jesus. Did he miss it? It's been 2,000 years. Oh, no. He sees time as a day is 1,000 years and two days has passed. Only two days. I showed the timeline this morning. We're at the end of the second day. And he's coming. And we say, wait just a little longer. No. When his presence becomes so great, every need you ever had will be satisfied. You, you, won't, you won't be unsatisfied because you didn't get to do this or you didn't get to do that. You will be so satisfied with Jesus and with the supernatural that will swallow up the natural. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. So I knew when I was coming here that I uh, needed to talk to you about the future and about what's on your future, what's in the agenda. We saw the three groups of peoples this morning, the Jews, the nations, and the church. But we're the church. We're the body of Christ. So we're going to look a little bit at what's going to happen. Well, well, let's turn to to, uh, Luke chapter 21. This is kind of where we stopped this morning. You might say, oh, I feel like Max. I'm going to stomp out of here. Lock the doors. 
Chip will get me. Mom, you've gone there and you've ruined my reputation. <laughs> well, oh, Jesus. It's really late. It's really late. Hmm. And so Jesus' disciples had asked him three questions. He had told them they had been to the temple and he had said all of these stones are going to come down. And so they asked him three questions. When is this going to happen? And that happened. The temple was destroyed 40 years later. And then they said, when is your parousia? That means when are you coming to set up a kingdom? And he's going to set up a kingdom on the earth. It's not just heaven and hell. There's earth. And some people are going to be living here on the earth during the millennium. They're going to be having babies, not us. We're going to have glorified bodies, but they will be. And um, so they asked him for a sign. And he gave them the biggest sign for the times we live in right now. He told them that Jerusalem was going to be trodden under by the Gentiles. And the Jews were going to be carried off into the scattering, into the diaspora. And they were. But he said, there's going to come an end to it until the times of the Gentiles are done in Jerusalem. And so he gave them the sign. And the sign he gave them is this, verse 29. He spoke to them a parable. Behold the fig tree. The fig tree is Israel. And all the trees. The fig trees are nations, so the other trees are nations. The fig trees are nations of Israel. The other trees are the nations, the Old Testament prophets talked about. They told us where certain nations are going to be and what they're going to be doing. So we watch that and then we know what the time is. Israel is God's time clock. So you, you can really watch that time clock if you get our 3BI Israel tour. You can go online, billybrim.org and find out how to get it. Bless the Lord. Behold the fig tree, watch Israel. And I watch it. And I've been watching it closely for years. Been living there a lot of the time. And all the trees, one of those trees is Russia. I got to watch Russia for years. We talked about it this morning. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves, summer is nigh at hand. I wish I had time to take you to Daniel and show you exactly what that means. But it means the nations are going to be judged. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know you that the kingdom of God is at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. The present generation, the generation that sees that, won't pass off the scene until everything's fulfilled. The generation that sees, we talked about it this morning, 1945, the Jews, oh, Hitler, he tried to, you know, God has plans for the Jews. Satan tries to stop them. How? Kill them. There are not that many of them. He's done it all through the ages. He's done it in uh, the Spanish Inquisition. He's done it all through uh, the Crusades. He's done it in Hitler's time. Now the church, God's got plan for the church. We're, going to, we're supposed to be filled with glory and habitate, inhabited by God. So what does he do with us? His big main um, weapon against us is schisms. 
and divisions. He gets us divided, fighting, no glory. Oh, how dumb can we be? Surely we're going to get over this. We are. Even had to kill a few on the way out. No, I'm just teasing. Kind of. You know what happened to Ananias and Sapphira? You know why it happened? There was so much glory. The glory of God is the presence of God. There was so much glory in Peter that if you just got in shadow's length, you'll get healed. Just shadow's length. It wasn't his shadow. It was the distance. So they come to church and they lie and they drop dead. Why? Because of the glory. Mm. Hallelujah. So, I know we haven't had the great manifestation of the glory we should have had because some preachers would have dropped dead right in the pulpit. Even. And when that glory comes up high and that presence comes up high, you better be nice. Like my mom told me, straighten up and fly right. That's what she always told us. No, you don't want to be half backslidden. You want to be filled with him. Loving people, walking in love. And then you're going to see things. You, you're that generation. The generation that saw the Jews come up in 1945, out of their graves, God said in Ezekiel, they're going to. And there were a nation three years later, 1948. And then they started coming back home from all over the world. Russia, we watched them in Russia. We saw them when they were the refuseniks and they wouldn't let them home. And then the wall fell and here they came. That's right. We know them, I know them, I touched them. That's prophecy fulfilled. Prophecy is not some dull old subject in a back room with a boring professor. Prophecy is people. People that get up out of Iran and come home. And people that came home from Libya. And people, Jews that came home from all over that world and started coming home. And started building that nation. And now it's one of the most prosperous economies on this earth. It's prophecy fulfilled. Before your eyes. Now Jesus said, watch that. Now we're going to go to Ezekiel 38. And the reason we're going to Ezekiel 38 is because last night I woke up in the middle of the night and he said Ezekiel 38. So that's what we're going to do. Three wars are in the future. Uh, One of them comes at the end of the seven-year period of tribulation time. One of them comes at the thousand year, after the thousand years when Satan's loosed a little bit and he comes back and gathers up a bunch of people. There's another one that could happen at any time. And he said, watch the nations. So here we're just going to watch a little bit of this. Ezekiel 38, verse 1. And the word of Jehovah came. Every time you see capital L-O-R-D, it's Jehovah. And the word of Jehovah came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog. Gog is an evil spirit. The land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach. The word Rosh is in there. Meshach is an ancient name for Moscow. And Tubulsk is another city in Russia. And prophesy against him. Prophesy against the evil spirit. 
and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tobolsk. I will turn you back, put hooks in your jaws. I will draw you down. All your enemy, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, you know the present-day name of Persia? Iran. Ethiopia and Libya with all of them. And uh, Gomer with all of his bands, the house of Togarma, that's uh, Turkey. And be thou prepared, verse 7, and you be the head over them. They're going to come down. This is going to happen, uh, verse 8. Many days shall you be visited in the end of days. This morning we saw how the end of days chart goes. This will happen, it says, in the latter years here, but it's in the end of days, the end of those six days. Uh, You're going to go down into the land that is brought back from the sword, that would be Israel, and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel. And so I'm not going to read the whole two chapters. You can read them when you go home. But it talks about an invasion that's going to come from the north. It's going to be headed up. The big, big cheese behind it is going to be Russia. They're going to come down into Israel from the north. They're going to make an attack, but they're going to be repelled, not by the United States Army, not by the IDF, but by heaven's forces. Hailstones, um, all kinds of supernatural things. And this whole reason for this war is, God says, and I, and I put it in orange in these two chapters in my Bible, Uh, He said it four times. I've got it underlined in orange. He said, I'm doing this because they're going to know I am Jehovah. I believe that at this war is going to be the time when many, many Muslims come to God. When they see who is the real power. That's what they recognize. Uh, During the Gulf War, there was Saddam Hussein. Uh, The Gulf War. You know, they um, they would put their... Ammunition, they would put their bombs, they would put their missiles in schools and apartment houses and hospitals. And there was a lady that lived in a hospital. No, I think it was a school, uh, close to one of them. And she saw that uh, America's troops were winning. I mean, that was an amazing war. It happened fast and we won fast. Our missiles went right down their windows and got things. And so she saw, she lived in an apartment house. She had seven children. And she said, I cry out to the God of the Americans. And in her apartment house, every apartment was destroyed by her own. Because they know power. And I believe there's going to be a vast influx of Muslims that will come when this war comes. God doesn't do things without purpose. And he says, I'm doing it. Thus will I magnify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am Jehovah. So that's why he's doing it. He's doing lots of things right now. So this is one of the ways that we watch the nations. Now I'm going to move over to the church. What are we going to look for? All right, we're looking for the coming of the Lord. And we're looking for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we're looking for um, an awakening in the United States of America. And we're praying for it. And I'm going to read you some um, prophecies that came through Brother Hagin. I just don't believe everybody that runs down the road calling himself a prophet. But there are some true prophets today. There are. But uh, I know about Kenneth Hagin. 
I'm talking about Kenneth Hagin Sr. and say, well, some of the things he prophesied didn't come to pass yet. Some of the things Ezekiel prophesied didn't come to pass yet. They had to prophesy them before they left the scene. Now, uh, here is one that came. In this move that is about to come, it will not be altogether something new you've never seen. It'll be a combination of everything you've seen put together, plus a little more. In this move, there will be a manifestation of casting out demons that you haven't seen yet. Now, some have drawn back from casting out demons. And the Spirit of God said, I began to move along that line a few years ago, and men aborted the move. They mixed their own thinking in on it, tried to control it, do it according to pattern, according to this way. You remember in the charismatic move how crazy it got? See, God said, I tried to get that over to them, but then they got crazy. Man touched it. They... I'm telling you, uh, one person told me we met every week and cast the devils out of each other. And uh, one night they cast a devil of uh, clothes hangers out of a woman and doorknobs. That's, that's dumb, stupid, stupid. But you haven't seen anything of what you're going to see with dealing on de- with demons. Demons are let loose upon the earth, and they're going about as never before because they know their time is short, just like it says. So in this multiplication, this advance of demon activity, there will be the activity of the Holy Ghost. Demons that have harassed men, that have held ministries in check, they're gonna, you're gonna, it, it's going to be like you step into another room. Hallelujah. Now, I think part of that is our knowledge being increased on the authority of the believer. It's hard for me not to teach on the authority of the believer. It's hard for me not to come here and teach you how to do that every day. But back in the back, and I hope, I think I brought them. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, and I'm sure you've got some. Don't let me go home with any books by uh, authority of the believer by Macmillan. It's going to show you how to sit in that seat every single morning and rule over the devil. I have a little book. I have a little book, The Authority of the Believer, a mini book, and how to do it, how you sit there every morning. I'm telling you, I don't just say the blood of Jesus. I get up there and I tell Satan what he can do and what he can't do. Amen. According to Ephesians chapter 1, according to me sitting up there, ruling and reigning, we're told in uh, Romans 5:17, they that have received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Who do we reign over? We reign over Satan. It does you no more good. You just as well say, Mary had a little lamb as to pray for God to do something about the devil. How do I know this? Brother Hagin. God was teaching him about demons, demon activity. He had an open-eyed vision. This is in this book, I believe, in visions. It's also in the triumphant church. And Jesus is standing there teaching Brother Hagin and and there comes a smoke screen up. And a little thing that looked like a little monkey down here is going, yakety yak, 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 yakety yak, yak, yak. And Brother Hagin's saying, Jesus is going on talking. And he's saying, doesn't Jesus know I can't hear what he's saying? Why doesn't he do something about that devil? Just went on, yakety yak, yak, yak. Finally, Brother Hagin said, in the name of Jesus, you get out of here. That little thing swizzled down and went out the door. And Jesus said, I'm glad you did that because if you had not done it, I could not have done it. And Brother Hagin said, you, you mean, Lord, you would not. No, I could not. Surely you mean you would not. No, I could not. 
all authority and power was given unto me and I gave it to you. And the authority on the earth is given unto you. There's no place in the New Testament that tells you as a believer to pray that I'll do anything about the devil. It is written, you resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It is written, you give no place to the devil. It is written, he's going around like a roaring lion. You overcome him. So, Hannah, see if I've got one of those little books in there. Yeah. Bring that up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I took some things from Macmillan's book. Brother Hagin said he learned a lot from Macmillan's book. And I, I quoted them in here. And then how to do it. You see me? I'm sitting in that chair. That's because kings sit and rule. And I get up in the morning. And I just don't leave it to, well, you know, da 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 I say, here, here's what you're not touching today, Satan. You're not touching my four grandchildren, my uh, four children, their mates, my eight grandchildren. I name it all. You're not touching this and that. You're not operating in my heavenlies. God told Brother Hagin one time, he said, anything that happens in the United States of America happens because the church allows it to happen. But we're going to grow up. And we're going to sit in our chairs in the morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So one of the things that's going to happen is going to be a, and I believe this is it. Brother Hagin said, you know, we've kind of stumbled upon it now and then, the authority of the believer. In the foreword of his book, The Believer's Authority, he said, a few of us have barely gotten to the edge of that authority, but before Jesus comes again, there's going to be a whole company of believers who will rise up with the authority that is theirs. They will know what is theirs and they will do the work that God intended they should do. This thing is real. I mean, it's not just a play church business. When he raised up, this is Ephesians. The Bible said... When he came up out of that hell for us, he arose the head of a body. That's the first place we hear about the body. Book of Ephesians. Coming up out of the grave. And it says when he raised, quickened the head, he quickened the body. When he raised the head, he raised the body together with him. When he seated the head, he, at his own right hand, he seated the body. That means you and I are seated at the, at, at the right hand of the Father. And it's from there that you rule and reign. Hallelujah. Oh, when I came in, when I came into the charismatic move, there's a lot of nutty stuff going around. If the devil can't lick the church, he joins it. And so he came in with all kinds of silly stuff. And he got this extreme submission. Oh, that was a craziness we got through. And they all said, you know, magazines came out. The biggest magazines. Not the biggest, maybe, but really four top leaders in the charismatic move. They had this magazine they put out. And they said, now we're going to, somebody named they is going to come and take away our Bibles. You better memorize every scripture. And you're going to be going, you better buy our uh, survival food. And you better get a kerosene heater 
That was big, kerosene heaters. Because you're probably going to be in a cave somewhere. And you're just barely be hanging on there. But thank God. God had put me at the foot of Brother Hagen <laughs> and Sister Wilkerson. And I was hearing, they're going to be a great move of God. Hallelujah. Your churches are not going to hold them. People are going to come in the back door. They don't have an arm. It's going to grow on. You're going to go down the streets and your faces are going to shine like glory of God on them. So here's one of my favorites. He prophesied about it all the time. There's going to be the greatest move and manifestation of the Spirit of God the world has ever seen. I can't read it all. It's many, many pages. You're going to learn about angels and things which you've heard about divine visitations. Remember, it was prophesied by Joel of old that in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He's doing it. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Hannah's brother, that's a minister. Oh, that God has given that boy visions. Caught him up to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Upon my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. The anointings and outpourings of the spirit of God shall be great and amazing in those days. There shall be visitations of angels, a mighty manifestation of the spirit. I'm skipping a lot of things. I wanted to say this for the young men, you, because you have not been saved that long, three years. But listen to this. So in these days, but you've got this call on you, and I hear you're growing up so fast. Well, I told them today, that's what is prophesied. Listen to this. In those days, there shall come a mighty manifestation of the Spirit of God, and the work that God intended should be done in those last days shall be accomplished. For the time is short, and things must be speeded up. And so you will learn much faster spiritual things than those of yesteryear. And you will develop much faster... And it will be so with some that they've just virtually matured overnight. And they will go forth to speak in the name of the Lord because they'll understand the principles of faith. And they'll understand the principles of the kingdom. And they'll understand the laws of God. And they'll operate and minister in that area. And nothing shall be hid from them. When they introduced you to me today, I thought, that, that's him. He's in it. We're in it. That's what's happening. And the manifestation shall come and the glory of the Lord shall rest upon you and his glory shall be seen round about and the cloud of God will come and fill the house of God. The real cloud. I've seen it. And yea, it will seem as though the whole building is filled with smoke. You don't want to substitute brass for gold. Because you see, the glory of God shall be in manifestation. And yea, great shall be the noise thereof, of praise and adoration that will go up from his people. And that shall, it shall be noised abroad, and men from afar shall hear of it, and shall come and behold it. For the Lord shall be in manifestation in those days, in all ways that he ever manifested, both in the old covenant and the new, plus the multiplying of the spirit and power of God in these days. 
For as men grow wicked and more wicked and Satan, because he knows his time is short and all of his cohorts and evil spirits go about as never before to devour, so the power of God and the glory of God shall be increased and shall be multiplied. And it shall flow like a mighty river. Yea, the Spirit of God will flow like a mighty river. And many, not only hundreds and thousands, but millions shall be swept into the flow of that river and shall flow forth in praises and glory. Go online and get Tommy Hicks' vision. You'll see what it's going to be like. For the glory of the Lord is in manifestation. The glory of the Lord will be seen on the faces of His saints. The glory of God shall shine forth until men will walk into a place of business and people will fall on their knees and cry out to God, though they said nothing. And women will walk into places of business and people will fall on their knees and cry out to God, though they open not their mouth. For the glory of God will shine through. Yea, the glory of God will shine through. For the manifestation of his power and the manifestation of his glory is reserved unto this hour. And if it could be told in a way that you could see it, even with the eyes of your spirit, if it could be displayed at this moment before you in a tangible form that you could see, even with your physical eye, it would be very difficult for you to believe that which shall come to pass. It would be very difficult for you to accept it. But as you walk with the Lord, as you prepare your heart, as you feed upon his word, as you listen to what the Spirit of God says, your heart shall be prepared and your mind will be changed until you flow in the supernatural as naturally as a bird will fly in the air. And you will flow in the supernatural as naturally as a fish will swim in the water. And you will flow in the supernatural as naturally as you breathe the very air. You will not be conscious of your faith. You will not be conscious of what is going on around you. But rather you will be more conscious of the Spirit of God. And He will manifest and He will accomplish that which He desires. For you see, these are the last days. And this is the end time. And what is done must be done. And it will be done. And the hearts of many will be caused to rejoice. Glory to God. So rejoice ye and be glad and praise the Lord and prepare your hearts and let him prepare you for that which he has prepared you for. And you shall walk and you shall run and you shall fly. Literally, spiritually speaking, and you shall enjoy the fullness of that which is provided for you. We're not going out of here a weak, emaciated body of Christ. The plan is to fill us from glory to glory to glory to glory until there's only one more cap sheath of glory and that's out of here. That's the rapture of the church. It's not just some backslidden uh, body half in bed with the world. No, no. Going to be great changes take place. Great, great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I do invite you, Tommy Hicks, H-I-C-K-S. I think we have it on our website. I'm not sure, but I know about the man and the vision, and Demas Sakarian talked to me about it uh, personally. 
Dom, Tommy Hicks saw this vision many times, and one of the times was in Dima Shikarian's home. Dima Shikarian was the founder of Full Gospel Businessmen, which was the impetus God used behind the charismatic move. And uh, Demas told me about Tommy having, he said, I was caught up. God took me all around the world, showed me full gospel businessmen, and Tommy was in my bedroom in my house having this vision. So it's going to be in such a way, oh, you just read the vision. Marvelous, marvelous. And then we're changed from glory to glory, glory. He's the most glorious bridegroom ever there was, and he's going to have the most glorious bride. We're going to be a habitation of God. Yes. It's the Holy Ghost's job to change us into that. That's why you preach on the Holy Ghost. That's why you say he's a person, not just an influence. He's here. And he wants to change you. He wants to change you. He wants to change me. He's changing us into the image of Jesus. That's what he's changing us into. That's what it says. Oh, precious Lord. Precious, precious Lord. Show us your ways. Show us your plans. Teach us, Holy Spirit, what you hear the Father and the Son say about each one of us. About you and you and you. God has a plan. You, you come close to Him and you, you go into the Spirit and you pray in tongues and you go in this precious Word and you get off the Facebook. Amen. You put your phone away. You give Him some time. He'll tell you. It's God's will to reveal it to you more than you want to know it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. My brother Hagen, he would often come in my office and just sit there and talk. And he said, there's coming an age change. And he said, I'm not going to be here. But he said, it's not going to be just like you step over a log. Everything's different. It's going to have things from that age coming into this age. He said, there's going to be an increase in people going behind the veil and bringing back a report from heaven and the glory world. He said, some will be near-death experiences, some will not. And he said, you're to write books about it. He said, there's going to be a lot more appearances of angels. Well, when he told me that, that was back 78, 79. I started collecting these people that had been to heaven and their stories. And I did. I started collecting them. Hannah knows one man, one of our dear friends, others. She knows them well. And there's this one man named Richard Sigmund. And they all told about, there's a word in the Hebrew that means derrick. It means path, derrick. And for every person, he has a derrick. And Richard Sigmund, who was killed in an automobile accident, when he went to heaven, he saw this veil all up and down. And he saw people on that other side of the veil, and they were waiting on people who were coming. And when you step through the veil, you have a path. 
And Gary Wood said it was like a moving sidewalk. And that path is leading you. And the angels are there. And that's your path. That's your Derek. God has a path for your life. And I wish I'd brought that book tonight to read it to you, how Richard Sigmund said. But when he got to the throne of God, he saw these buildings and they had like large cathedral type window. And they had names up there. And it said, Richard of the house of Sigmund. And he walked up there. That was his path. That's where it went. And there was a book there. And that book was the path that God had for him. And it said, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my mouth. He's got a covenant with you. He's got a plan for you. And you're going to see when you get there, you know, praise the Lord. Your, your path of life. You don't want to miss it. No, no. Get on it as early as you can. Because great, great things are upon us. That war is going to happen. Going to come an outpouring of the Spirit. And there's going to come the rapture of the church. And some people are even saying, now not going to be a rapture, just forget about it. Going to be a long, long time. But it's not. Let's turn to um, Thessalonians. And this is what I knew I was going to share with you when I came. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Thessalonians is the first New Testament letter that was written. All the Bible's for the church, but not all the Bible's about the church. The part that's about the church is the New Testament letters. And in the people, you know, Jesus went up, went up on that hilltop, said this same Jesus is coming again. So the people thought he's coming any time, you know? And, and they changed everything, and they're looking for him. Some of them changed their religion. They changed everything. He didn't come. And some people started dying. And so that's when God gave the first New Testament letter to the church through the Apostle Paul. And in 1 Thessalonians, he talked to them about what is happening. Hallelujah. Verse 13, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Some new translations say, I would not have you to be uninformed. There are lots of things I'm uninformed about. I have a son who's all chemistry and physics, and you can't talk to your Uncle Terry very long until he's telling you how, long you're, how fast you're spinning around the world and how... And so one, it gets you dizzy, bless the Lord. But he's, he's just there. You know, that's where he lives, in that realm. And I'm kind of ignorant about it. I don't know the things about it that he knows. That's his degree. That's his interest. But he said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. They didn't, hadn't been informed. And there's a lot of people who are not informed about the rapture of the church. And so that's why they can just hear somebody glibly say, oh, well, we're going to change everything on the whole. No, you're not. Evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse. So we're not changing. We're not taking over all everything and making everything good and right. We're not. Just read Timothy, what he said was going to be happening. So he said, now, 
1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are, literally the Greek says, falling asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, do you believe that? Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. The New Testament never talks about uh, a believer death. It says they change their tabernacle, they change their tent, they make a departure, they sleep. But even so, uh, well, them which sleep, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so also those who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them that are fallen asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and that's a shout of command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump shofar of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words." Now, first of all, let's go back to this part where it says, those who are asleep, Jesus will bring with him. So you've been to some funerals. I've been to quite a few of them lately. And you look down there at that body and nobody's home. You are a spirit. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And you live in a body. The spirit is the part of you that's born again. The spirit is the part where God's spirit goes in and makes you a brand new person. When my husband passed away and his body was at the funeral home, my son Terry, the same guy that'll have you spinning, he said, Mom, anybody that knew Dad knows he's not home because he'd be trying to run things, you know. No, he departed to be with Christ. So we took his body, we buried it there in the prior Oklahoma Cemetery. And then when my mother and father passed away later, they're buried right there. And then my sister, my only sibling, she buried right over there. She passed away when she was only 42. So if I had prior knowledge of the rapture of the church, if I knew it was coming uh, and the Lord told me and I knew exactly, I'd run down to that cemetery. Because a great thing is going to be happening there. They shouldn't be called cemeteries or graveyards. They should be called resurrection sites. Because great action is going to take place at them. If we that believe, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. When Jesus comes, they're going to be with him. We say unto you by the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them who are asleep. What are we going to hear? We're going to hear this voice of the Lord, shout of the Lord. We're going to hear a shofar and we're going to hear the voice of an archangel. And Jesus is going to come and those who are on the other side of the veil, they're going to be with him. Then we who are here, we don't precede them. Their bodies will come up out of that grave. They will be changed to have a body like unto his glorious body. 
They'll be joined with their bodies. Your body will be glorified and away we'll go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this coming, in this rapture, he doesn't come to put his feet on earth. He's going to come and put his feet on earth. We'll read about that later. Right now, he's going to meet us in the cloud. It doesn't even say the clouds. It says in clouds and it's glory, glory clouds. We'll meet the Lord. He's coming to meet with them in clouds, clouds of glory, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. We don't need it. We've got a Greek word. And the Greek word is the one that is translated caught up in verse 17. That's the Greek word harpazo. Rick Renner, I don't know how to pronounce it. H-A-R-P-A-Z-O. Harpazo. Here's the only other places it's used. Acts 8.39. And when they came up out of the water... The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, Harpasso. The very same word, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. He had preached to the Ethiopian eunuch, and he was caught away. It's the same word. Every time it used, it's this word. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians 12, 2. People know that Paul's talking about himself. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. Such an one, guess what the word is? Caught up. Harpazo. To the third heaven. And I knew such a man. Whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell. God knows how that he was caught up. Guess what word that is? Harpazo into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Revelation 12, 5. And she, Israel, brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and her child was what? Caught up unto God and to his throne. That's what happened to Jesus up on that Mount of Olives, Harpazo. And that's the way the word is used and that's the way it's going to be with you. We don't need raptured. We got our puzzle. Bless the Lord. Jesus comes and meets us in the air. He doesn't put his feet down. Up we go with him. Now, I uh, teach a lot on the book of Revelation. And there is a time that's coming that's known as the Great Tribulation. And it is during that tribulation that God pours out his wrath. Revelation 6, 16. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Now the church is already in heaven. I don't have time to preach on the whole whole book of Revelation, but we're already up there. And the wrath then is going to be poured out. You know what the wrath is? I don't have time to teach all this. It's marvelous, though. It's prayers. The prayers of the saints are poured out. And uh, Sister Wilkerson, this is in Revelation 5 and Revelation 8. They're stored up there. Ah, Why don't we look at it? Let's go to Revelation 5 or Revelation 8. I can't remember which one it is. 
Yeah, here it is. Revelation 8, uh, verse 2. And I saw the seven angels which stood before the, the throne of God, or before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire off the altar and cast it to the east. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And then you go on down and you see the angels and you see this is the wrath poured out. Sister Wilkerson was a great intercessor. She is a woman that God used to prophesy to Brother Hagin more than any other person. She had interceded for a man for years and kept him alive from cancer. And she went off on a preaching tour and he died. She'd interceded for a church for years that had said no to the power of God. They had the power of God. They had Wigglesworth. They had all kinds of folks come. And then they started to put the quietus on it. Don't let it happen anymore. She interceded for that church. She taught Sister Jeannie Wilkerson. She taught Sunday school in that church and hundreds would come to her Sunday school class and they'd all leave. That church could seat like a thousand. There'd be 40 or 50 to stay for church. No preacher could make that church go. Brother Hagin had gone there and prophesied, God's going to remove the lampstand. Boy, that's a study, lampstands. You got a lampstand here. That's good. Bless the Lord. Now, so Sister Wilkerson says, Lord, I don't like to waste my time. She was a real intercessor. She didn't play, play at praying. She prayed. And he caught her up to heaven. And he said, intercession is never lost. Never. And the man was there who had died. And he told her, don't feel bad about it. You don't know everything. And the Lord said, intercession is never lost. It works like a bank. And it's, it's your prayers of the saints all go up. And when prayers go up, God brings heaven to bear he brings one of my friends who went to heaven, a black man, Dean Braxton. He said, it's going to be very hard for anybody you prayed for to, to miss heaven. Because when you pray for him, he's going to send his angels. He's going to send the Holy Ghost. He told Sister Wilkerson, I'm going to wrestle them in their beds in the nighttime. If you've been praying for them. But people have prayed for nations. And it sends to God. And he told Sister Wilkerson, he said, intercession... It's never wasted. It always works. Either the nation, the peoples, the country yield to it, or if they don't, it's poured out in judgment. So that's where it comes from. They've been prayed for, but they didn't yield to it. The country, the nation, the whatever. And so it's going to come out down to this earth. It's going to be the wrath. They call it the wrath of God. Now! That you are, not going through the, you are not going through the tribulation. The church is not going to. It is not going to experience the wrath of God. People that tell you that have to get a scripture that applies to the Jews or, they have, or applies to the people that were here on the earth. There will be some and they'll come out of it. Israel will come out of that tribulation time. Okay. But just look at these scriptures. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. No. 
Yeah, that'll be fine. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivers us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So, you're not, I could give you more scriptures. I'm not going to take time because you have to develop. There's one in Revelation that proves it, but I'm not going to take time. What happens right after the rapture? Well, we're going by a place called the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is not a judgment seat to see whether you are going to make it or not. If you, got, if you made it this far, you're going to make it. Second <laughs> Corinthians 5.10 We must all be made manifest before the judgment seat of Christ. I'm reading from the American Standard Version. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. Now, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12. The last chapter. The last chapter of the book. You should be able to find that. Bless the Lord. See if I can pass all that. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. Amplified reads, I am coming soon, and I shall bring my wages and rewards with me, to repay and to render to each one just what his own work merits. And of course, the, the uh, American standard said, you're going to receive reward for the things done in your body. You're born again, your spirit, and you're born again, and you're, and you're not going to go to any judgment seat after that. Jesus went for you. But after you're born again, you're, there's a reward system. I could show you in uh, Hebrews 11, we won't take the time, there's rank in resurrection. And so his reward is going to be with you. It talks about a building program going on. And you build with wood, hay, and stubble? Or you build with gold, silver, and precious stones? So when you go up before the judgment seat of Christ, some of your works might go up in smoke. That's, um, that is uh, the wood, hay, and stubble. And what's going to be there to judge it is the glory, the presence of God. But there will be things you didn't even remember doing you will be rewarded for. A smile you gave someone. A pat on the back. Little things. You can't even give a cup of cold water. You can't do things like that without Jesus, without God rewarding you. I came here. I got a lot of Mother's Day greetings today. And I got some from uh, spiritual children. And Cindy Duvall, you know her, with a glory, Shekinah glory. She sent me one. She talked about spiritual children. And I said, Cindy, I'm at a place today of some of my spiritual children. And I see what's happened in their lives. I mean, I knew them back when. 
truck driver. <laughs> Said he'd go, he finally going to go for Christ, go to Ramah and her. And oh my goodness. And then I see you. And then I see the church. And then I see the fruit. And I think, oh, oh. just think about it. If, if you could have just have a little bit in somebody's life of encouraging them or teaching them any way at all. I can even see some of it right now. But oh my goodness, when you get to heaven, when you go to the judgment seat of Christ, bless the Lord. And there you're going to be rewarded. Now if you haven't done much, time for you to get around. and Got a little time left. You can stop being a grumpy old man at home. <laughs> Why are some men so grumpy? I don't know. Supposed to be walking in love and be gentle and be kind. One time I gave an altar call for grumpy, grouchy old men. God told me to. And three men answered the call. Be kind, be gentle. Walk in love. Don't notice suffered wrongs. Women, not supposed to be a nagger. You know these phone calls that we have? People go on the line and they'll say, there's a man, are you happen to be here? He, he comes on and joins our phone calls and he says, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Anyway, they say where they're from. Well, if they don't put mute on, we hear everything. And two times we've heard arguments going on. And the last time, this woman was giving her husband what for. Now she's coming on the line to pray. <laughs> but it makes me know how easy it is for God. God said he heard what they said in their tents. So if you're nagging your husband, you're heard. If you're mean and grouchy to your wife and kids, you didn't get away with it. This is because the doors were shut. I'm meddling again. It's, it's a wonderful thing to be 82 years old. You, you. <laughs> oh, da -da 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 -da. I think I'll. <clears throat> I get to leave. I get to leave. I'm flying out of here on Brother Copeland's jet. <laughs> I could tell you some funny stuff about Chip. Well, I don't let him buy with stuff, you know. He's glad. Then after that, we're going to something called the presentation, where we're going to be presented to him. I'll read you one of those scriptures. 2 Corinthians 11, 2. I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I espoused you to one husband that I might present you as a pure virgin to Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 11.2. Here's other scriptures that tell about that presentation. 2 Corinthians 4.14. Ephesians 5.27. 2 Corinthians 4.14. And then after that, dun-da-da-da! Dun, 
Revelation chapter 19. I just love this. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Handel, the Messiah. He went into a room for three weeks and composed the Messiah. I think it's our wedding music. It says it right here. My husband and I ran off and eloped. We didn't have any wedding music. But I'm getting some in my next marriage. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. That's you. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Hallelujah. There we are, dressed in white linen, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, John has a guide with him. Right, blessed are they, which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. You think that's a fairy tale? I know some end-time preachers that preach all of this as an allegory. Run from that church. Don't stay there. It's exactly like it says it is. This is the true sayings of God. There's a real marriage supper of the Lamb. In the seven-year period that down on the earth is going the tribulation, we are at the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is a seven-year uh, process. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And then the scene changes. Maybe, I don't know if I gave you all these scriptures, but maybe you can follow me on down. Verse 10, Paul falls. I mean, excuse me, John falls at that. He's got this heavenly visitor that's giving him a tour and showing him things to come. I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said, don't do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now the scene changes. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. When he comes for the church and meets you in the middle of the air, he's coming for love and to go to the marriage supper. But when the marriage supper is over and he mounts that white horse, he's coming back down here to earth. He's going to judge and make war. Because something's going on on the earth. We don't have time to read about it, but what has happened is the Antichrist has circled Jerusalem. He's glad the church is gone. The Lord told his sister Wilkerson one time, there's coming a time soon when Jesus, me, the Father, and uh, the church, and, and Satan are in agreement. I'm going to be glad to receive you. You're going to be glad to come to me, and Satan's going to be glad you're gone. And so he thinks that he can wipe out the Jews and he's got them all surrounded down here. There's a holy, unholy trinity, an unholy trinity, the Antichrist, Satan, the dragon, the Antichrist, his puppet, and the false prophet. I know I'm saying a lot of things. But you know, God doesn't want you ignorant. 
He doesn't want a church that's going to be here in the last not to know the last. That's why you need to take my courses, 3BI. We'll soon have the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation online. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't get everywhere. I'm anointed to teach these things. But I can't get everywhere, so it's the way to do it. Bless the Lord. So, he mounts this white horse. Verse 11. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth come, judge, and make war. His eyes were as flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. We put them there. And he had a name written that no one knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in linen, white and clean. We weren't down here on earth in a cave eating survival food. We were up there clothed in white linen at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And when he gets on his horse and heads this way, you're getting on yours and you're heading. Hallelujah. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Sister Jeannie Wilkerson, I've quoted her a lot. You should get her book, Contact with God, and you know a little more about her. I think you have it in your bookstore. Well, Sister Wilkerson loved to pray. Had You read the book, you'll find out all the kinds of adventures and prayers she had. And she... Um, she fell and broke her leg. And she loved to kneel to pray. And she's being driven to the hospital there in Tulsa. And while she's being driven, she looks out the window, she sees a white horse coming along the side. She says, what's that? He said, that's your horse. Every believer has one. And he's going to stay with you until you're able to, to, to kneel again. I went to her house, she told me this story. She said, right out there, he stayed right out there. She said, even nibble on the grass. And the Lord told her, every believer has a white horse, which is paced according to how you followed God. And no one can mount your horse but you. And he said, your horse is lively, hers. And he said, those who followed God closely, they're going to be up the front of those armies. Those who didn't follow God closely, they're going to be in the back. Well, you got a little time to quicken your horse. <laughs> I don't want to be on the back row. I don't want to be in worship 101. Bless the Lord. I know a man who taught an amazing Bible school but he didn't really know about the end time things. And he got books from a guy named, an old timer named Oregon way, way back in the early days of the Roman church. And Oregon taught that everything was, um, you know, just an allegory. So he taught at this Bible school that these horses were allegory. They're not allegory. They're real white horses. And you've got one. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Oh, I'm telling you, that, that next age is spectacular, wonderful, marvelous. I could take you and show you that the place of the church is the heavenly Jerusalem. I don't know that we'll have time to do that. But I could prove it to you without a doubt. There will be interplanetary travel and earthly Jerusalem will be ruled by the Jews. And it's amazing, amazing, amazing plan. But I can tell you one thing out there. I'm going to have an interplanetary ministry. I'm going to help God develop the planets. He's not going to waste all that. You know that universes are out there, and it's increasing and increasing and increasing. He didn't waste a little boy's lunch. You think he's going to waste all that's out there? And I'm going to help him develop it. I'm going to fly. And I won't need Brother Copeland's jet either. I could read you some prophecies about how that time will be. Just don't have time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And out of his mouth, verse 15, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. There's no, uh, you can tell who this is, can't you? And I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and them that sit upon them. And I saw the beast, verse 19, the Antichrist and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war with him that sat on the horse and against his army. He surrounded Jerusalem. He thinks, ah, I can get them, I can get them, I can wipe them all out. And the beast was taken. Jesus defeated him. And with him the false prophet. And wrought miracles that had wrought miracles with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. And with them that worshipped his image. These both were cast into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him. The Antichrist is down there. He's got the Jews surrounded. He's going to wipe them out. The church is gone. He's going to get them. And the false prophet says, AC, AC, I see something. There's a blip on the screen. He says, What is it? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it Superman? No, it's him and he's on a white horse. It wasn't an allegory. And they're behind him. And he defeats them, puts them to the lake of fire. But not Satan, the dragon. Him he puts in a pit. Chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up there and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Till the thousand years be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season. So he goes out after a thousand years, verse 8. He goes out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. 
the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camps of the saints around again, Jerusalem. And fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet were. When Jesus comes back on the earth, when he comes back on that white horse, there's going to be gathered before him. Remember, there are two groups of people, the Jews and the nations. The church is with him. But he's going to come back on the earth and before him are going to be gathered the nations. Matthew 25. I'm not going to keep you much longer, but a little longer. God doesn't want you ignorant. Hallelujah. Matthew 25. He's coming soon. These are not allegories. This is real. It's going to happen. Matthew 25. When he comes with all of his saints, verse 31. And the Son of Man shall come in his glory. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory. Not the rapture. On the white horse. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and behold, and before him shall be gathered all nations, the Gentiles, the nations who are on the earth. When the tribulation time is going on on the earth, when Satan is trying to wipe out the Jews, but there's going to be Gentiles here, some of your neighbors, and they didn't accept Jesus while you were here. But they, your Bible is not going with you. And it says, and in, in there's, there's some scripture in Matthew 24 that tells them to look at that Bible. And they're going to say, we believe it. And we're going to help those Jews. And they're going to feed them, and they're going to go visit them in prison, and they're going to go do this and that. Before him is gathered all the nations, not the Jews, not the church. The Gentile folk that are living on the earth at that time. There's no resurrection at this time. It's those people that are there. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. For I was hungered, you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer and say, Lord, when do we do this? And then he says, verse 40, the king shall answer them. I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. He calls the Jews his brethren. See Micah chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. He says he's away from a while, but then he comes. So these people who have harbored the Jews, who have helped them during that time of tribulation, he says to them, sheep nations, you're going to live in the millennium. They're not born again. They got saved on works. They're not altogether pure because after a thousand years, the devil is able to gather up a whole vast army that no man can, come, can uh, count. But then he says to those nations that mistreated the Jews, and nations as nations are always judged for how they treated Israel. You're going, you goat nations, you're never going to be heard of again. And so then the millennial day starts here on earth. But you're there, hallelujah. 
I didn't have time to show you that your place, your home, is the heavenly Jerusalem. Bless the Lord. And great and marvelous things are ahead. Hallelujah. And there is a scripture which says, and time shall be no more. It doesn't mean it's the end of time. You still got time during the millennium. It means no further delay. And I can tell you what, we're hearing from God. Even through the interpretation today, it's time. It's time for these things. It's time for you. Do you know him? Is he your savior? Has, have you given your heart to him? Did you have a moment in your life when you said, I believe God raised Jesus from the dead and I take him as my Lord. And then he came inside you and he made you all new, all new. So you want to be sure that you've done that. I think there are people in churches who haven't. I went to a Baptist church and one day the pastor's wife gave her heart to the Lord. She said, I realize that I've been brought up. God doesn't have grandchildren. No grandchildren, just children. That means every single one of us had to give our lives to the Lord. I love that song. Just as I am, without one plea. Isn't that what you're playing? Just as I am. It's not that? Well, whatever, it sounds like it to me. <laughs> Maybe I'm like my friend who hears me speak in Arabic. I don't speak Arabic. He hears it. But that's why you come, just as you are. You cannot clean yourself up. Amen. The Holy Ghost has to help you. Oh, I've seen people in some pitiful shapes. I think Brother Randy was one of them down we had dinner the other night and his story was so wonderful. I know when you hear it, you just must rejoice. But probably some of the hardest ones are the ones that think because they're good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If anybody's bad, they know they're bad. Right. Yeah. But sometimes you should have some fruit of the Spirit yes. if you're born again. You shouldn't be a grouchy old man that the kids are afraid of. I don't know why I'm on that subject, but normally I'm not on that subject. I'll come over here. You just got to make sure. And then after you given your heart to him, I mean, you got to give it. You, the word belief comes from two Anglo-Saxon words, be, you exist, and you have a, you live like you believe. You need to live like you believe. Live like the Bible says. If ever there was a day for you to say, I'm not going to be on that foot, one foot here and one foot there anymore. I'm going to be reading the word. I'm going to be walking in love. I'm going to be, you watch what happens in the church. Because God's going to turn the glory up. One way or the other. And if there are a few casualties along the way, so be it. 
but there don't have to be. And we can make such giant steps if just half of us would just sell out. To him, just sell out. Just give him everything you got. It's all he wants is you. And oh, does it pay rich dividends. Bless him. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.